All right, everybody, welcome back to Geeks Inherit the Earth. Today, we have not one, but two guests, and they're here to talk about creating the multi-award winning film, Volition. Please welcome brothers writer Ryan Smith and director Tony Smith. Hello, guys. How are you? Doing good, man. Yeah. How are you doing? We're very good. Thanks for having us. We're really happy to be talking to you guys. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks so much, everyone. Yeah, of course. No, it's, it's great. We Look, we watched this movie, and it is awesome. Let me just say, right out the gate, hard sci-fi, love it. Thanks. Sorry, my phone cut off there. <laughs> I, um, we're so happy about that. It was such a, a risk for us to make a movie like this, so that it's connecting with our fellow geeks around the world. Uh, it's just so validating. So very cool. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Um, it, it's so cool to see it getting out there. Oh, yeah. So, quick question. Uh, I, no spoilers, obviously, but when you came up with the concept... Um, as a obviously from a writing standpoint, when you came up with the concept, did you uh, did you have to write around the idea, or was it uh, point to point almost? I'll just I'll step in here for a second, just to say that um, just to correct something that um, Tony and I actually wrote the script together, um, and then Tony directed and I produced. Uh, and actually, Tony Tony started with the initial concept. So, Tony, why don't you talk about uh, that process? Oh, yeah, sure, ahead. yeah. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I mean, back in film school, I I was always late in my teenage years, and by the time I got to film school, I had come up with this concept of somebody who invents a pill that no one will ever be late again. But unfortunately, <laughs> he, became, he became early to things. He became perceptually early to everything, and he got locked into this weird perceptual prism and prism. So that became the genesis of the story, but it was never quite grounded. It was always a bit, I don't know, campy. And so it took a couple of years. I had to get some salt in my, in my, in my soul and experiences. And then I was actually feeling a bit stuck in my film career once upon a time and realizing that unless I got off my couch and did the thing, it would never happen. But I was afraid of getting off the couch, therefore it would never happen. And I realized that, oh, that kind of perception is very much like somebody being trapped in a fixed universe. Well, what if that's the clairvoyance that was missing from that story that I sort of originally wrote? And then Ryan and I went to town. You know, I did a first draft, and then we just looked at clairvoyance, and we looked at really what is it that potentially makes clairvoyance work? Hmm. Maybe there's a missing piece to what is clairvoyance, and that's something that Ryan and I took such delight in playing with. It was really interesting how you made the powers work. Um, it feels very organic. Like I said, it's hard sci-fi, but it's grounded in very much reality. It is. You uh, you mentioned the word campy earlier. This movie does not feel campy at all. It's, it's very contemporary, uh, very of the moment. It feels very realistic to be dealing especially with such concepts. So uh, that, that was very nice. Yeah, I think. I, yes. I, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I think the roots of this is what Tony was talking about when, you know, when you say if you perceive yourself stuck, then in a way you're making yourself stuck. And the pain of of that, of James being able to see glimpses into his future, but nobody can't change anything, uh, we always saw that as an affliction and almost as, a, you know, a mental uh, process that he was working through. So uh, that grounded pain... Um, 
guided us in the process as opposed to seeing, you know, his clairvoyance as some sort of a superhero gift because it's definitely not that. How did you balance the, uh, the, 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 all the moving parts for this? It's insane. It's the mm-hmm. moment this movie starts, it does not relent until the credits roll. <laughs> and you balance these really amazing performances from everybody with these heavy, heady, time-bending, mind-bending thing and mixed with this clairvoyant element that make this totally unique kind of feel. But how do you balance that with that insane breakneck pace that happens through this? Because it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, Tony speaking here again. You know, that's just a team effort. Um, Ryan and I, from the script standpoint alone, we just knew that it had to keep moving. Um, and again, we're, we're such, we follow characters so carefully that we don't, we never want to just put plot in for plot's sake. Um, and then, you know, dealing with the cast, they were just, I mean, I've got to give the credit to them. You know, we wanted to cast people who had the essence of these characters. So, of course, they were good with their, with their craft and understanding lines, but we wanted to really cast the human beings to inhabit these roles, and so it was a lot of fun, a lot of real collaboration, and and then to the edit suite, Ryan and I just literally lost years of our lives in the edit suite of trying to <laughs> keep this pace going, and, uh, you know, um, we're so exhausted, to be quite honest, so we're, you know, we're, we're glad that you're feeling it, and you can take some of that exhaustion from us. <laughs> <laughs> How long from, like, your original drafts of scripts to your finished product did this take in total? Because this is clearly a labor of love that you guys have really invested your life in. Mm. Mm. Well, um, this is Tony speaking again. We made we almost made the film a couple times. So a couple of years did go by with us sort of almost getting the movie made and then retooling and rewriting. So all in all, you know, we shot it and we finished in late or mid-2018. Um, so it took about a year of post. Um, but otherwise, I wrote the first sort of draft at the end of 2012, if you can believe it. So wow. it's a real testament to just persistence and not being afraid, which I think all of us artists sometimes are, to go and do the thing. Um, and, and again, Ron and I were willing to make it ourselves. You know, We had actually sort of bought cameras and bought everything to do it ourselves. Um, we were so, you know, willing to, to do it, and thankfully we had a proper, you know, pally production team on board with us and the photographer and the rest of the history. So but it took a while. Yeah, I saw that initially you guys were uh, doing some crowdfunding for the film, and uh, then apparently, then Lionsgate comes along and helps you out, I guess. Well, it was yeah, actually pally productions that that came on and. and uh, and got us to the green light. Uh, and they've just been uh, amazing partners. And uh, uh, they were open to us taking the creative risks that this story allows for, which is, you know, having that freedom um, to really go for it is is what we're so excited about. And, and we're hoping that people connect with that because, uh, you know, Tony and I said that that's maybe what differentiates this sort of film from, like, the, the larger studio films out there is that it's, it takes some pretty big swings, and uh, it's free to do so. I, I think you're lucky, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, I think you're lucky because during this time where movies are hard to release, um, that it's going to get a very wide audience at its uh, release on digital and on demand. We've seen the model work now. We were all afraid for a while. Um, 
And a film like this that can take those risks, that would be the kind of thing, like I said last night, this is not something that you would find in the theater first back in the day. It's something you would find at a almost like on a premium channel and you'd be like, this movie's amazing, but it's crazy and I can see <laughs> why it would be hard to uh, cut some of the risks out and, uh, you know, you, you want to keep your integrity and I'm so glad you kept your integrity with this, but all those hurdles aside, what do you think about it going uh, to digital in the new model? Uh, do you want to jump in, Ryan? Or do you want to... Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll just say, this is Ryan here. Uh, we, we did have a, a limited theatrical run planned, but, you know, given the whole state of the world, um, that's not happening. But <laughs> we're so excited about, you know, the wide, <laughs> wide VOD release, uh, you know, starting with Apple TV and all the way through Amazon and uh, Google Play, Xbox. It's going to be everywhere. And we know that this is the sort of film that is made for people like Tony and I. You know, like we are sci-fi geeks. We are you know, interested in unique, twisty stories. And we're just hoping that, you know, the people that are like us uh, see what we see in it and are, um, you know, through word of mouth, going to help us spread this film because it's not really made for your broad general audience. It's made for those who love grounded sci-fi. I'm really glad that you said that because the my the first words I wrote down in my notes and the credits started to roll is this is an instant cult classic. Yep. Like I'm glad that mm-hmm. this is going right now onto on demand into digital what July 10th I think. And like it's it's made of that and yep. then when you look at all of the love you guys have been getting from film festivals like what's that like? Like you've won and nominated for what the like, the trailer alone has like 16 credits on it. Like, how's that feeling? You, you enjoying the love on this? <laughs> uh, this is Tony uh, piping up here. But yeah, it's very gratifying, of course. It's been so nice and so surprising because, again, Ryan and I were writing this movie in the dark and we're so, you know, we, we loved the study of screenplay and we knew we, knew we were taking big risks. Um, and so it's validating, it's gratifying. Um, and what else can we say? I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a real real pleasure that it's coming out and, uh, and doing as well as it's done. Um, so, yeah, very, very cool. A, a big surprise. It's our first time doing anything like this. So, you know, we're just sort of uh, kids in a, in a cinema candy store. So we're very, very thankful. Well, you've set the bar for yourselves very high. I can't wait to see what you guys do next with it. And the world feels so lived in, too. Mm, the great. cinematography especially was outstanding. Standing. The music design, I thought, was also outstanding. Was was there anything that influenced you guys specifically for any of that? Uh, this is Tony here again. I think, honestly, it sounds like uh, I'm just repeating myself, but because we wanted to tell a real character-based story, we wanted to make sure the cinematography matched that. So we had the brilliant Byron Kaufman, who's been shooting um, Neil Blomkamp's latest feature, actually. Uh-huh. Um, he was our DP. And so he's just, you know, we, Ryan and I had a love affair with him, a creative love affair, and he just got it. He knew that he could take in his running gun sensibilities and kind of just feel like he was also James on the run at all times. Um, and then the same with the sound design as well. You know, everything was very rock and roll, renegade, all of the go for it. That's and we, awesome. We, we had all of our crew sort of, sort of tasked with that same MO, like really just go for it, feel it, feel the pain of James, feel the hope of what he's going for, 
and make it your own. And then we just offered direction as, you know, as we went along. Uh, we brought up uh, the pacing of the film. You know, there's so many mysteries, one revelation after the next, but it's all distributed. I mean, there's a tension through the film, uh, but man, those revelations, all the mysteries are just distributed so well throughout the film uh, that you just don't want to take your eyes off of it. So it was, it was really enjoyable on that level as well. Thank you. I mean, sorry, just running here. Just, uh, I, I just think you know, Tony and I have always have the audience in mind as we're writing, and then you know, Tony through the edit and uh, you know, all the directing was. We want to make sure that we're earning people's attention, and uh, you know, as humans, we're, we're glued to solving problems and solving puzzles, and uh, we wanted to pull the pull the audience forward each moment with. Uh, uh, the unpeeling of the onion. Uh, uh, gets, uh, so my big question uh, on it, well, it's more of a uh, a statement, to be honest. Uh, this feels, to me, like those great science fiction movies you would watch from the 70s that were very heady, that felt um, not down, but like this is what would happen in real life if this was a situation. Did you guys kind of have some influences from those types of films like Logan's Run and stuff? You know, this is Tony speaking. I think the one thing that did pop in my mind was, was Altered State every now and then. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just the kind of esoteric risks that those, you're right, those films could take. And, and amazingly, again, even someone like Christopher Nolan can also take. He does these esoteric blockbusters, I think, in many ways. Um, but yeah, we wanted the film to sort of feel timeless. You know, there's mm -hmm. no technology in the film, really. Um, and it was really just about, again, um, you could, the characters, you know, you could fit them into any kind of generation and it would just be about them. Um, so, so I think the golden age of, yeah, 70s movies and, you know, you could speak politically, you could speak socially, you could make science fiction films. I, I think we're coming back to that anyway. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, that's the good stuff right well, there. <laughs> really appreciate yeah. all of your time talking to us today. You have yep. no idea how hard it was to talk about this for this long without mentioning any of the plot or spoiling anything. <laughs> my true. God, it was, a, it was <laughs> such a fun ride. We know. We're, we're so thankful. Thank you for making that attempt. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for talking to us. And for the listeners at home, July 10th, On Demand. Uh, you think you can pre-order on Apple right now? And if it's digitally distributed, you'll be able to find it there. Don't sleep on this. This yeah, is a cult classic in the see making. Movie. Good movie. Yeah, go see it. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, uh, guys. Okay. thanks JC. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Really appreciate the support. Absolutely. Yeah, lots of love, guys. Yeah, lots of love. Uh, this is Geeks and Hair to the Earth signing off. And please, don't forget, July 10th, you know what to do. Volition. This is Mike D. This is JC. CK. Hey there, geeks. You thought it was over, but it has barely begun. Coming up now is a special interview with the star of Volition, Adrian Glenn McMoran. Stick around. All right, guys. Welcome back to Geeks Inherited to the Earth. You have seen today's guest and beloved shows such as Supernatural, Smallville, and Arrow, or perhaps in movies such as The Revenant, Warcraft, or 50-50. He's even been nominated for multiple awards as a musician. Uh, however, today we are here to discuss his outstanding lead role in Lionsgate's new feature film, Volition. If you could please welcome Adrian Glenn McMorrin. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, no problem, brother. Um, so, 
how was it when you got into the project with Volition? What did, how did they ask you on? Well, it had been a long time coming. I I know both the Smith brothers, who were the, the writers of the film, and Tony Smith is the director. Um, and I've known them both since high school. Um, and this this particular project, Tony had been shipping away at it, like, I mean, probably over a decade, I would say. And so, like, sometimes two years would go by, and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't hear anything about the film. And then we'd, he'd say, like, okay, let's grab a copy. I got a new draft. We got to talk about it again. And so we'd meet up again, and I started to think, like, I oh, man, this thing's never going to happen. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, something happened, and it kicked into a high gear, and, and we shot it. So, yeah, it was a long time coming, but it worked out. Well, you're doing exceptional work in the movie. Uh, did you did you do theater or anything, or is this, I mean, what, what really got you into acting? Yeah, I, I'm still, uh, I still kind of, split my time between theater acting, film acting, and, uh, and music as well. Um, I guess I got into acting in high school. Uh, so Ryan, who's one of, Ryan Smith, one of the writers, him and I were in lots of theaters together. We were actually on an improv team in our high school, which weirdly, there was only eight people on this improv team, but two of them were Seth Rogen and Nathan Fielder, uh, which is just a totally, totally weird fact. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of where acting started for me. It was high school, um, and then yeah, I, I studied at university and uh, just kind of. Uh, and I'm still learning. Learned a lot doing this one. That's for sure. You've uh, a very accomplished musician, and I was going. You know, uh, trying to do some research on you, and I ended up listening to a lot of your music. Uh, it was some good stuff, but it's very, very uh, like it's it's very pretty. And this character for uh, in, in, in Volition, are you, are your music fans responding well to the role? Because that's that's a that's a huge leap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that the the music a big part of what I do. Um, and so there's a weird connection between my music and this movie, actually. Um, so there's a song I have called Seven or Eight Days, and um, this is on one of my solo records from about 10 years ago. And Tony, who directed Volition, he directed a music video for that song. And we kind of conceived the idea together. Um, and weirdly, the character that I play in that music video is basically James the lead character in Volition. <laughs> That's and it awesome. Was, and this is before, yeah, it's really weird, it's before the script was even like finished, um, but if you watch that video now, like I look the same as I do in Volition, same facial hair, same haircut, same wardrobe, um, and the sty- it's kind of stylistically in the same world, uh, there's kind of uh, kind of themes of, of psychological kind of stuff going on, and you know, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of, weird that that little music video almost ended up being like the short film precursor for for the for the feature film it was unintentional but uh but uh yeah and so that was one of the first things tony and i did together um and uh actually the, the guy who produced that that record um that that song came from ended up being the composer for volition as well so um lots of little connections that is awesome it's all connected <laughs> Well, we personally, uh, we all love Jimmy, old, old James from Volition. What a what a great complex character. You got to really show a lot of range in that, you know, at the beginning of the movie, very different from what uh, is actually going on with his character. 
Uh, he reminded us, I, we all commented that there's a lot of these iconic comic characters uh, coming out of the late 90s, like Spider-Jerusalem, Jesse from Preacher. I really feel like uh, Jimmy has this kind of gritty authenticity to, to match some of these other iconic characters. Uh, how did you feel about working on a movie with such a, which a crazy, berserk plot that was just moving all over the place? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's so, um, it's obviously so complex. Uh, it's so layered and um, so in a lot of ways very confusing but at, at the heart of it I mean it's, it's it's just a great story about a guy who starts out being pretty complacent uh, pretty pretty resigned to his fate and um, and then a couple of things happen he meets somebody he sees a vision of his own death you know like normal everyday stuff like seeing a vision of your own death um <laughs> <laughs> It galvanizes him, and it just it snaps him into focus, and and all of a sudden he becomes a different person because he has a purpose that's bigger than himself. And I think that's the key thing: is that he's a pretty self-serving individual up until these events force him to think outside of himself, and and that's kind of what what makes him who he becomes. Which is, uh, I mean, that like what actor wouldn't want to you know portray an arc like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just that this particular that, a ton of extra complexity layered on. Is there anything specifically like for uh, from like because we all kind of got a like the the late seventies sci fi vibes off of this movie a lot. Was there any specific like movies or characters from you know fiction or literature or personal experiences or people that you've met or something that you know that that you know James is based out of? Or was there anything, or was it just a script and you guys just building a complete new you know entity? I mean, there's, there's influences for sure. I know uh, I know Tony's a big Christopher Nolan fan, so so a lot of the kind of psychological complexity is inspired by some of his work. Um, and uh, like specifically, I know Tony fan Memento and uh, things like like Looper and stuff like that. So I also you know I've watched um, those those movies again. I rewatched Memento, rewatched Looper, uh, just to kind of see the you know how how those uh, actors kind of navigated the complexity of, of those roles. And, but I was also interested in, because James is, a, is you know, a, a pretty reserved, guarded guy, and so I went back and watched um, some old, like, Paul Newman. Like, I watched Cool Hand Luke again with the oh, head. Oh, nice. Hell here, yeah. That's just such a, it's such a great example of, of a guy carrying a movie without saying much. And there's so much going on behind his eyes and uh, and I, I really wanted to have some something of that uh, uh, element to him so I would yeah. have never put that together but now that you've said it I can't unsee it that is <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah it's totally cool hand I'm a huge cool hand Ludic fan it's awesome and uh, you know James really really felt like an authentic character he's you, there's something with movies when an actor really connects with that role and it connects with the audience you, you feel like you're not watching an actor. You know, you're definitely watching a person in an experience, and that that is completely what I felt out of your role in this movie. Uh, just, just so much extremes that you had to go through in some of these these themes that you had, and it was just very very convincing. I, I was very impressed. Well, thanks, man. That's a huge compliment. Um, yeah, I think the, the, there's a, yeah a difference between kind of I don't know a, a one dimensional performance and then really trying to get inside things and. I mean, 
<laughs> the, the shooting process of, of this film, to be honest, kind of helped because it was such an exhausting shoot process. I mean, we shot it 17 days, and we should have had really twice that. Um, and uh, and so, you know, when you're trying to play a character who's psychologically and physically exhausted, it kind of helps when you yourself are psychologically and physically exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I was living it, you know. I wanted to ask just a question because I'm a huge fan of it. You you've ha- you had a reoccurring role in one of my all-time favorite shows of Arrow. Uh, uh, what's it like like when you had the one episode in season three and then you got back for season four? Did, when they cast you, I've always wanted to ask somebody from the show this that's been on there. When you get cast for a single like role like that, do they tell you, hey, you're going to come back next season? Or were you just surprised and got the call and were like, hey, cool, this is awesome? Yeah, in this case, I, I had no idea that it would go beyond that episode. Um, so that was a really nice surprise. Um, yeah, like, so the, the first episode that Murmur appears in, he's, you know, he's, like, the bad guy of that episode, and so I think it easily could have been, like, okay, like, that's his episode, and now he's gone. But um, I think they just, I think they liked the character. I mean, it's, like, a strange, a strange creation, a guy that's, like, Showed his own mouth shut and, and can't speak, and yet is like still kind of super scary. Despite that, I think they were uh, super into. I remember the the writer on Arrow like tweeted at the time, like I think this is the scariest character we've ever created. Oh, like, yeah, that's an awesome compliment. Murmur um, was one of so, my yeah, favorites really for sure. <laughs> to get brought back and, and get to kind of explore that guy a bit more. Well, we were uh, really excited to talk to you today, especially about Volition. Uh, is there any other projects you want to talk about on your way out today? Um, well, if people are interested uh, in music, and especially that song, Secondary Days, um, my, my solo music is just under Adrian Glenn, and that's my you know Twitter and Instagram handle as well, Adrian Glenn. Um, and, uh, and I just put out a new acoustic record. Because um, all, the, all the acting stuff has been canceled, guys, so it's, hmm. uh, it's music time for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's well-deserved, sir. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, guys, please be looking out for, uh, please check out Volition. It's coming out July 10th on demand, on digital, all those platforms that you love. We love this movie and we highly recommend it. Uh, Mr. Moran, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, we appreciate right, thanks, it. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks for talking to us. You did an awesome job and uh, I hope this movie blows up and all the success in the world to you, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to Geeks Inherited the Earth, and uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. This is Mike D. out. JC out. CK, bye.